This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Ghanem. And this is Jamal Dejani. Jamal, we have so much to talk about today. A lot of stormy seas out there. Uh, we're going to be covering things from Washington to Palestine and back. And I'd have to say among the most disturbing developments in this last week since our last show is the return of John Bolton. Now, this is an individual that was so objectionable, so impossible, so reviled, so disliked that when he was nominated to become the UN ambassador by George Bush, he was rejected by both Democrats and Republicans, and he only got to become UN ambassador during a recess appointment over the Christmas holidays. He has been universally rejected by Republicans, Democrats, internationally. He's been a Fox contributor. We're going to get into some of the details about the other weird things and potentially illegal or treacherous things that he's done. But he's back. He is back. So that's why the title of our show is the return of John Bolton. And it's really important because we started to talk about this last week and we want to introduce our listeners uh, on KPOO, on Arab Talk 89.5 FM, and also our viewers on Facebook Live, because I'm sure a lot of you have heard uh, that by now, President Trump picked for his next national security advisor, John Bolton, along with... Mike Pompeo, right? Well, Pompeo, the former CIA director, so, now Secretary of State. That's yeah. right. So, so this is, it's very important to know about Pompeo and John Bolton, but John Bolton in particular, they are members, Jess, of the so-called counter-jihad movement. This is what they like to refer to themselves as. And this movement, you know, of course, they're not a household name, but they are part of this uh, group anti-Muslim. Of, of, of Islamophobes, anti-Muslim, anti-Arab, anti-Palestinians, yeah. people like former Reagan Defense uh, Department official Frank Gaffney. He's, he's part of that. Pamela Geller. Uh, Pamela Geller, who is responsible for those, all these hate ads on Muni in San Francisco and other cities across the United States. Brigitte Gabriel, which, by the way, many people don't know her real name, is Hanan Kahwaji. Kahwaji means the coffee maker <laughs> or server. You know, she changed her name now. Her name is Brigitte Gabriel, and she is basically a Lebanese phalanger right. uh, who basically supported the uh, South Lebanese army. That exterminated uh, and killed 3,000 Palestinians. Not only this, but they also their leadership ran away to Israel, and their leader, Lahed, or Lahoud, he ended up dying in France after he lived in Tel Aviv, serving Israelis hummus and, and falafel. I'm serious. They used to call him the king of falafel or king of, of hummus or something, make fun. General hummus. General hummus. General hummus. That's, that's basically... That's her boss. So, so their major argument, and I've been looking at the different things that, that what these guys have been espousing to do, their general basically argument is disseminating the idea that Islam is a violent religion 
and that most mainstream American Muslim organizations and, and American Muslims, by the way, they are somehow involved in a secret plot to overthrow, to, to replace right. American law with the Sharia law. Right. I mean, this this is this is basically what these guys have been marketing for for years. But it, let's put that into context, Jamal. Sure. They have been marketing it for years, but they up until recently, have been marginalized. They have been mocked by Republicans, Democrats, people in general, and seen for who they are, ideologues, racist, Islamophobes, and really hateful people who have no business in the government. So under Trump now, they are back. They are back. John under the le- the- really, and, the, and, and the, the head of all of this is John Bolton, who's going to be our national security advisor. And recently, when with his appointment, I posted something on Facebook and saying, is he the national security advisor for Trump or for Benjamin Netanyahu or both? And we'll talk about this because we'll talk about what he did when he was at the United Nations as the U.S. Uh, ambassador there, when he betrayed his boss Condoleezza Rice. Imagine, and I want you to talk about this later and we'll talk about it. But anyway... John Bolton, we mentioned this group headed by Gaffney, Pamela Geller, and so forth. John Bolton is not shy about, he wears his his ideology on his sleeve. And he basically penned penned the book, the book's foreword for Pamela Geller's hate book. That's right. An Islamophobic book. I mean, this is these are the things that he managed to do, you know, as of recently. And he praised her counter-jihadist work. <laughs> this is what he refers to it in, in, in the book. And he warned... Uh, and by the way, we know Pamela Geller has been condemned by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is monitoring hate groups throughout the United States and has identified Pamela Geller and her group, Atlas Shrugs, as a hate group in the United States. They are a hate group. And this is John Bolton's spiritual partner, is Pamela Geller. Our listeners need to know that. Pamela Geller's hate-mongering and uh, hateful rants, Her, she is the spiritual partner with John Bolton. I mean, people need to realize, John Bolton has been rejected by not just people in the United States who happen to be Democrats and Republicans, Jamal. Throughout the diplomatic world, his nomination to National Security Advisor has in fact sent shivers throughout the entire world. All of our allies, the EU, the Middle East, which we'll come to in a minute, Africa, Latin America, there hasn't been a single country or a single uh, group of countries that has come to say, oh, we're happy that jo- John Bolton is the national security advisor. The national security advisor, Jamal's position, is to collate intelligence information from all the intelligence, the 13 or so intelligence organizations in the U.S. government, have a balanced intelligence approach, synthesize the information, and present it to the president with recommendations. I can't think of a worse possible position for uh, creating the atmosphere for war and destabilization than having John Bolton in that position. It's, it's really, and, and the people have written about this, people are frightened about this nomination. So, so recently, I mean, 
people are frightened except for Israel, except for Benjamin Netanyahu. And uh, uh, and I, as you know, I monitor Israeli media. Yeah, wasn't and, there an interesting and, story? And, and so the, the basically the Likud's main newspaper, it's actually also the Israeli colonial settlers' main publication. It's called Israel Hayom. And it's owned by Sheldon Edelson. Which means today in Israel. And it is owned by no other than Sheldon Adelson. <laughs> when the nomination of John Bolton was announced, the headline was, Jess, that now the White House should be called the White and Blue House. Unbelievable. This is in Hebrew. Go to my Facebook page, you know, for those people who are not watching us on Facebook. You will see a, you'll see a screenshot of the newspaper in Hebrew. I translated it, uh, you know. But it's basically they're bragging that now the White House is the white and blue house with the nomination of John Bolton. So, so how does John Bolton get a security clearance if his strategic interests okay, so that's are why, for the Israel? That's why I want to take you. That's why I want to take you back to his history, to, to take you back actually when he was part of the cabal, part of the neocons that surrounded George W. Bush during the Shaney era, I would say. John Bold, Bolton makes Shaney looks like an angel. This is how, <laughs> what, uh, the type of an extreme he is, the, the warmongering person he is, the person that who would conspire against his bosses. So there is a story, very credible story. This is a new story about him. This is not something new, just it, it has been rehashed. So, right. So during that administration, John Bolton, Bolton was serving as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. He went behind his boss's back. And you know who was his boss? Condoleezza Rice. Exactly. It was, he went behind Condoleezza Rice's back to supply Israel with crucial information on American plans at the United Nations and redirect U.S. policy. This is... This story, by the way, I tell you who broke this story. Who broke it? Not our reporters right here in this country. Definitely not Fox News or Fox no, no Noise. It. This came from the mouth of the Israel's former UN ambassador, Dan Gillerman. Oh, I didn't And know former Prime Minister Ehud Olmert. Wow. Who both, you know, they, they basically told the Daily Beast, you could Google the story, on Tuesday... Basically, you know, about Bolton's past, especially his controversial tenure at the United Nations, right? So uh, when when Gillerman served as Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, uh, this is back in 2006, and Bolton then was the U.S. ambassador, he told, this in an interview, this is something on the record, these are not rumors, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He said, and I'm quoting exact quotes, in more than one case, Ambassador Bolton called me and alerted me to the fact that his mission, meaning the U.S. mission, the United States mission to the United Nations, was about to vote against Israel and ask that I alert the prime minister who at the time was a hood Olmert. I mean, this guy gets direct orders from the Secretary of State. He gets, the, which basically speaks on behalf also the of president. the President of the United States. 
giving him direct orders, confidential orders for not goodness confi- sake. Not just confidential. And then he picks up the phone. Top secret. Top secret. He picks up the phone and warns basically a foreign state. Imagine. So we have a word for that. It's called treason. It is treacherous. You are absolutely right. So Gillerman added, and I'm added, in more than one case, you know, I, I said, in more than one case, when he get, when he alerted the Israelis about what Condoleezza Rice was about to do or what she instructed him at the time to do, they picked up the phone and called George W. Bush and got him to overrule the State Department. They, they influenced the White House to overrule the State Department. I think that's grounds for, uh, I mean, not only is that treasonous, Jamal, but that sounds like as if John Bolton's interests are not the United States' interests, that his interest in serving the Israelis is trumping, if you will, his interest in serving the United States. That by itself should block him from getting a top security uh, security clearance, not to mention some of the other stuff that we'll talk about in a minute, about how he has worked in collaboration with Cambridge Analytica, how he's given uh, lectures to uh, to Russian pro gu- pro gun Russia groups. I mean, the guy is a national security disaster, and he's being nominated to head the National Security Council for the President of the United States. This is sending shockwaves, Jamal, all over the world. So it gets sweeter. Let's 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 read more of of these quotes. So again, uh, Gillerman says that. In one case, or you know, Bolton got in touch with me at eight o'clock in the evening, which was three in the morning in Israel, calling to say, "You have to call your prime minister and tell him that Condi Rice sold you out to the French." He's also sharing information, top secret, top secret infor- information about our relationship with France. So this is, by the way, this is Israel, and 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 this is something to that that had to do with um, Lebanon, uh-huh. by the way, and and France was lobbying on behalf. Uh, I mean, Francia was lobbying on behalf of uh, Lebanon at at the time. So, of course, Israel and Lebanon don't have a diplomatic relations. So during the negotiations, Gellerman said said the French was uh, representing Lebanon and the United States were representing us. And the French resolution was totally unacceptable to Israel. So he continues, I walked the prime minister at 3 a.m. Israel time. And that actually brought about a total change in the final resolution, Gellerman said. And, but he declined to elaborate what aspects of the resolution was changed. So anything he learned from that was going to happen uh, at the State Department, any decision that he's was passing it he's on to passing he's passing it on to Israel. So who are his bosses? His well, bosses are his bus is not going to be in Washington D.C. In Tel Aviv, Jamal. Well, here's the other thing about John Bolton, Jamal. He was also one of the architects for the war in Iraq. He was also behind Colin Powell's disastrous uh, um, speech at the United Nations where Colin Powell blatantly lied and told falsehoods about chemical weapon uh, machinery that the Iraqis had, which served the basis for the invasion and destruction of Iraq and Iraqi civil society. You could argue, Jamal, that John Bolton is 
fundamentally behind this massive destabilization that we see in the Arab world right now and in the region. It's also John Bolton that is calling for bombing Iran. It's also John Bolton who's calling for withdrawing the United States from the Iran nuclear deal. It's also John Bolton who has written in an op-ed within the last month that we should bomb North Korea. The first thing out of this guy's mouth, Jamal, is to bomb countries, to destroy people, to destroy civil societies. And for a guy like this, who's been universally vilified and condemned, is being put in this position, should really be shaking people to the core. You're absolutely right. So definitely now we are going to see a return uh, to the... Uh, basically uh, the neocons neo control of the white house on steroids on steroids so if you think that uh, the white house during the george w bush era was the cheney era the yeah. cheney <laughs> era that was nothing compared to this it's going to be exactly with this combination with donald trump who lets uh, you know all the uh, neocons control every decision he wants to make and influence it and also with the influence coming from APAC and others we are going to be but basically Jamal, just look at this why isn't this being reported that you have Israeli newspapers saying in context of John Bolton's nomination that we should call the White House the white and blue house that to me is at the same level of of treason that his interests are not in the interests of the US. No, I mean I mean you hear politicians on both sides of the aisle basically they don't want him. They know his history, they know his uh, his MO. However, the media is just keeping, you know, they say, yeah, he's, he's kind of uh, far, far rightist, whatever, without far. talking about his Islamophobic comments, anti-Arab comments, anti-Muslim comments, warmongering comments, plans to invade Iran, egging on the basically the U.S. government and the Israelis to invade Iran, was one of the architects of the whole war that led us to go into Iraq. All these things, he's been on a tour, basically. To destroy brown people's countries. Exactly. I mean, if and, you want to be and, real and about And now it. he's going to be in such a sensitive position. And you said something very important, by the way, which I actually had to look at it twice. And he said, well, this guy might not be able to clear top security clearance. I don't think Like your buddy, Jared Kushner. <laughs> you know, no one now talks about Jared Kushner that except now we know that they are looking into his investments, including the White House counsel. Now they're investigating his loans and business deals. Of so, course. so hopefully this will come back on the front burner. He wasn't able to clear security. And John Bolton, just based on his coming from the mouth of the Israeli ambassador to what enough, he was, he was going he behind his uh, boss at the, uh, you know, the, the secretary of state to give them confidential and top secret information. Based on this, he shouldn't have any security clearance, except I found out yeah. which, uh, that when, you, when the president appoints a national security advisor, they don't have to go in front of a the committee, Senate. the yeah. Senate. Yeah, it's, it's a, done, a done deal. It is, but the security clearance is not a done deal, Jamal. So this is where it gets kind of interesting. The National Security Council, uh, uh, you know, d the director of the uh, NSC, 
does not have to go through Senate confirmation, but he still has to fill out the forms to get a top security clearance. This is a guy that has been lecturing and receiving money from Cambridge Analytica. He's been lecturing in Russia with oligarchs. There is a tape of him giving a pro-gun lecture in Russian on RT, which is the mouthpiece, you know, of, of, the, of the Russian state. All of these things, and there, it looks like there also is some secret uh, deep financial arrangements that he had with Cambridge Analytica that need to be kind of uh, investigated. On that alone, I can't see how he's going to get a security clearance. Well, the same way that they, they are keeping still Jared Kushner at the White House or at the White and Blue House per <laughs> per per uh, Israel Hayom, per the Sheldon, new S- Sheldon Adelson's uh, publication. I want to switch gears, and, and, and it's, it's all connected, really, all, all what's going on, uh, you know, in, at, uh, at the White House in Washington, D.C., and we're going to talk about Facebook, which is right here in the Bay Area. The biggest story, really, of all this security breach and the collaboration between Facebook, which we are broadcasting on, by the way. That's okay. Also, Facebook is evil. And, it doesn't and, matter. And with, 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 their, with their collaboration with the, with the Mossad, I, say the word, not the collaboration with the Israeli government. They, are, they have hired Mossad former agents. Mossad agents. To do and dirty work. basically they have shut down at the behest of the Israeli government Palestinian uh, websites. They are also collaborating with the U- U.S. government. Well, and of course now, you know, we find out all the information of how many, how many million? Well, over 50 million over people. Over 50 million people have all their information so basically. Wh- what's really disingenuous about this whole thing, Jamal? We know that Facebook has been collaborating with the Mossad and the Israeli government to shut down pro-Palestine, you know, accounts, pro-Palestine groups and things like that. But what's more outrageous is Mark Zuckerberg going on TV, getting a national and international platform and saying, oh, uh, I don't know everything that goes on in Facebook. Yeah, let's, re- play, let's play dumb. I, let's, it's not that bad. We'll change a few things. It is so disingenuous. Let's start by asking the question, why did Mark Zuckerberg, why did Facebook go out of their way to hire the communication, the Israeli communication director, as who used co- to be at the U.S., at the Israel's embassy right here in the United States. Right, as their communication director. As one of their top, not as their, directors. as you know. So that's that gives you a hint. But then again, they basically, when we talk about um, the, um, uh, in the leak, and we talked about Bolton earlier, yeah. all their consultants... All the groups who were monitoring and, and and basically harvesting this information has the fingerprints of the Mossad. Absolutely. And those were hired agents. That's right. To work on this. Here's break- the, the, it's not a coincidence. Here's breaking news for everybody who uses Facebook. Facebook is a surveillance tool. And once people wake up to this reality and to the reality of Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook, all of this, this uh, patina of we're just uh, helping people stay connected with each other is completely bogus. Facebook is a surveillance platform full stop. They have had deep relations 
with the security apparatuses of other countries. This is going to come out, Jamal, at some point, and the cover is going to be blown off of this patina of a happy community that Facebook is serving. Jamal, Facebook knows more about you than you know about you. You're, you're absolutely right. And, by, and by the way, uh, for the folks listening, there are a lot of uh, information and, 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 and guides now to how to minimize. You're not going to get rid of all the information. Actually, it's a joke, and honestly. No, no, but everything that has been out, you're not going to kind it's of... It's done. It's a done deal. In Arabic, what, what do we say? But, Khalas? Yeah, but, it's but, over. but you still have to do certain things to stop Facebook from harvesting information, Jamal, from collecting habits, from we know bombarding you with advertisers and so forth. After, after Zuckerberg d did the mea culpa, the next day... A breaking news story came out saying that Facebook, for Android devices, was monitoring their calls and SMS. Yeah. So let's so, switch gears. I, 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 I almost want to switch gears, but I just want to say people have to wake up to the reality of the evil foundation. It really has some evil components to it of the way surveillance, surveillance is being implemented with your Facebook accounts. Be very careful. By the way, you're listening to us on KPOO in San Francisco at 89.5 FM. You're watching us on, of all places, Jamal? Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook. Well, because we're very transparent. We are transparent. And we have when we talk about the President of the United States. Or anybody. We're or open anyone about else. Uh, we're very transparent about it. But by the way, we it. should tell our listeners that we've been throttled by Facebook. We've been throttled by Facebook many times. So anyway, I want to switch some uh, because we have several stories to cover. But the heir to the uh, Saudi throne. Don't get me started. Jamal. Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Don't get me started, please. Is scheduled to meet. I don't know if he's done that or they've already uh, filmed it with the media mogul and entrepreneur Oprah Winfrey as part of his ongoing tour in the U.S. This is, uh, by the way, someone leaked his uh, schedule. He's, you know, nothing is secret anymore. So, of course, the Saudi uh, prince, uh, crown prince, he's been on a two-week charm offensive in the U.S. I'm not charmed. And a love fest between him and, and we've talked about his love fest between him and Donald Trump. Basically, he wants to cement his posi position on the international stage as the next ruler of the oil-rich kingdom. And what could be more fitting for the man who would be king than to meet with the queen of media, Oprah Winfrey? But I'm and surprised you left out the meetings he had before Oprah. No, no. Him. I mean, we talked about that. I mean, he 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 he's met with the uh, the JCRC, APAC, he met with APAC. Of course, he, he's been in the White House. But he even met with the leading anti-BDS uh, movements in the United States. Movements that have been condemning First Amendment rights to criticize and use nonviolent techniques like BDS to confront Israeli apartheid, he's met with the big funders of the anti-BDS movement, Jamal. That's right. But what I'm actually surprised, not surprised, I shouldn't say the you're word. Not That's surprised. Bad, no, no, I know not surprised. you're not surprised. But basically, what I've been, you know, 
monitoring, and that's our business to look at what how the media covers things, is the whitewashing of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, and no one, and that's why I've actually tweeted to Oprah Winfrey, and I was wondering if she was going to ask him a question about Yemen. the genocide in Yemen. Exactly. No one is talking about his role or the or so the Saudi role in the war in Yemen. The dirty, their dirty all the all the the their their dirty fingers uh, over. The another genocide in Syria and the destabilization of the whole area. And so he's coming here. He must have hired good PR managers and he's being greeted like at the at, at like, you know, he is the king. He's the <laughs> de facto king. And then Donald Trump, which we talked about that last week, he was so happy and so proud. He was he was showing props, which I actually haven't seen props being shown at a uh, news conference by you know two leaders that how much money the United States will be receiving from Saudi Arabia all the billions of billions, dollars billions. that basically they are going to be spending on weapons that's right so Saudi Arabia as it turns out Jamal is in the midst of trying to reposition itself as a large global economic political, and now military leader in the region. Their main thrust, as you know, and this is where the connection with Kushner and the Israelis come in, the main Saudi thrust is not to create a stable region, but is to foment instability by, you know, destroying, I think, you know, destroying what, what little we have left in Syria, but putting pressure on the United States and Israel, supporting their efforts to to kind of isolate Iran and eventually uh, invade Iran. That's the Saudi main mission. The reason the Saudis are in Yemen, Jamal, is because they believe that Iran is using its efforts in a proxy manner to create an unstable border with them. That's their belief. They are absolutely destroying what is left of Yemen. And by the way, I noticed we forgot to tell our audience that uh, three Scud-like missiles landed in Riyadh right. a couple days ago. One person was killed. Two were injured. The American Iron Dome, the American-Israeli collaboration of the Iron Dome that they've given the Saudis completely failed, Jamal. You had, I think, at least six rockets fired into the Riyadh area. Three landed, maybe even more, but one person was killed and two were injured. This mm -hmm. is kind of a big deal towards the airport in Riyadh. You're absolutely right. So, uh, you know, I'm waiting to see that interview with Oprah Winfrey. I'm really curious about what type of questions uh, is she going to ask him. Or maybe it's not going to be an interview, just going to be behind closed doors. Probably. They're not going, they are not going to publicize it. And uh, again, you know, we have so many stories we are going to be talking about uh, now. Uh, I want to also, you've mentioned about um, all the meetings that they've been having between uh, uh, Crown Prince Salman and all these uh, anti-Palestinian groups Absolutely. in the United States. Very but uh, there is a, an important story that has made its way and it's a little bit a, a late story, something that everybody has been talking about for years. Now, all of a sudden, all over the Israeli media, they're talking about what, what 
demography. Right? Oh, the demographic exactly, anxiety. Yes. Exactly. So now, all of a sudden, the Israeli media, and this was, by the way, picked up by Reuters and other uh, publications, that the number of Jews and Arabs between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan River is at or near parity. These are the figures, the figures that, ha- that, Those are the ones that, that, are released. Were, that were released and cited, by the way, by is- Israeli officials show raising questions whether Israel, the same old question, whether Israel can remain a democracy if it keeps territory where Palestinians seek a state. So now... Translated, can Israel be a democracy and an apartheid state? So now, according to these new figures, the population statistics were mentioned in an Israeli, by the way, parliamentary statement. This, This is on this past Monday. Summing up legislators' questioning of an official of Israel's military-run civil administration. It's known as the COGAT, C-O-G-A-T, which, by the way, coordinates uh, government activities in the Israeli-occupied West Bank and in the Gaza Strip. This is the agency that coordinates with the Palestinian uh, Authority. So according to their demography uh, study... Uh, they say, now we probably are 50-50. I think it's or, more than 50. Or, you know, but, but, you know, it took them so many years, by the to, way. To admit it. To admit it. And, and so you are living in a country where Israel basically, basically controls all the borders by air, by land, by sea, whether it be it in, in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, or in, in the West Bank. So, so between the Jordan River they and the Mediterranean de facto, Sea, they run it. you have two different laws, two different systems for two different people people who are equal in number. You are not talking about a minority, even though that this is wrong. But according to their own figures now, they're finally admitting that, and this is their words because they refer to the West Bank as, you know, Judea and Samaria. Samaria. We estimate the, they don't say Palestinian, by the way. I'm adding that population in Judea and Samaria at between two and a half million and 2.7 million. Uh, and then they add the population on Gaza, et cetera, et cetera. And then they say, oh, by the way, they are equal in number. Where do they put Jerusalem, by the way? Uh, well, that's all. They don't talk about that. Okay. Uh, but but uh, basically, uh, you know, it brings the total uh, taking the, you know, the figures, you know, uh, adding all the different numbers, including the 1.8. Some other estimates put it at 2 million, but according to the Israeli estimates, they put 1.84 million Arabs living inside Israel. Come on, Jamal, Palestinians living That's inside. how they define it. Right, So you So you add it all up, and it gives you a total of 6.5 million. Oops. You know. All I have to say to the Israelis... So, Oops. So, so it's actually a minority that's controlling the majority. No, no. Well, this is where I'm actually getting at. These figures, which took them more than a decade to come to this conclusion, because before they didn't even talk about this. This subject was brought, Jess. I was talking about this. We were talking about this. Ten years ago. More than ten years ago. I know. More than ten years ago. And everyone was in denial. No, 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 no. But this figure, because now, I mean, they have to face the music. They, they cannot deny it. 
you know, unless they expel, expel all the Palestinians well, out, which they've one, been trying one, to do. But they've that's been, one of their plans. They've been systematically doing this, but it yeah. hasn't been working while increasing immigration or aliyah into, into Israel. So all this work did not succeed. However, even with this, it's also a false figure. Yeah, and I'll tell is. you why. Why? It's very, you know, for them even to admit there is parity, you know that they are now lying. Of course. And they are underestimating the Palestinians. Of course. And they are and over, ex and yes. ex exaggerating the number of Israelis. of Israelis there. Why? Because at any one point you have more than one million. This is a fact of Israelis living outside the territory between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. They are dual nationals. Many of them live in the United States. Many of them carry the Israeli passport. They've been only once or twice on a trip just to get their passport. And they're, and they're included. And they live and work and, and, and they are living abroad. There is about one, one million. Some of the multi-multi-millionaires, they might have a house for a vacation, but they actually don't live there. That's not their center of life. You know what Israel does? Israel takes away Palestinians' identity card, uh, the, the, uh, the residents of Jerusalem, when if they leave the country for more than a couple of years or three years, because they say, this is not the center of your life. They basically expel you, if you're even though... Even if the, you were born there and your father was born there, your great-grandfather was born there, if you leave as a student, for example, right. a couple of years, you lose your identity. If you work in Ramallah and live in Ramallah, you, 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 you lose right. your identity card. That's right. But you have more than a million so-called Israelis living and working abroad. And they're counted. And they count them. So right. that's number one. So these guys take a million out of the out of the Israeli population. And I'll challenge, I'll challenge the Israeli ambassador in Washington, <laughs> D.C. to show me the proof otherwise. The other component to this, well, guess what? Israel counted more than a million Russian immigrants. Remember with the whole perestroika in the 90s? Yeah. In the 90s? Well, guess what? Half if you go during <laughs> Easter, which is coming uh, this coming Sunday, which I want to wish uh, wish Unless our listeners a happy the, Easter. Except for the Orthodox. Except for the Orthodox. I know we have the Armenian. We have, you know. But if you go to Bethlehem during <laughs> Easter, if you go to Bethlehem or, or you go to Jerusalem to the sep sepulcher during Christmas and, and other churches, more than half the church is full of uh, with uh, full of Russians who are Christians. That's right. They lied on their applications just to get the hell out of the USSR at the time, and yeah. they blended in to go to Israel. And it's a well-known fact. Talk to any priest, talk to any Palestinian, and they'll tell you. Some people have estimated Jamal so, that that so, number so was five hundred thousand. So the, are actually yeah, well, you know, to be on the safe side, you have about thirty-five to forty percent who are Christians. Yeah. So if you deduct that plus the one million plus outside, that's about one. The Palestinians million. are the majority by far, and they live under occupation. And the minority controls the majority, and the minority has separate laws. You know, for two different populations, we, we have a you word. have a separate judicial system. We have a word. Any for definition that. of apartheid? Look at the definition of apartheid. This is the real definition of apartheid. So, so thank you. I thank Kogat 
<laughs> and I thank the Israeli Knesset for finally admitting these figures, although they are skewed, because you know what they're doing? They are admitting that they are, they have basically, they've been enforcing apartheid. Yes, that's, you're exactly right, Jamal. And that's a really good uh, analysis. And just, and, and you know, sometimes the Israeli ambassador watches our show. We know that, Jamal. So you have thrown down the gauntlet for a debate and a discussion with the Israeli ambassador in D.C. Come and let's have a discussion about these apartheid numbers that uh, the government of Israel has finally admitted to. Absolutely, you're right, Jamal. If you include the a million people that live outside, the Russians, 35, 40 percent are Christians. Looks like between the river and the sea, it's, it looks like it's a different demographic than what they've been saying. And, uh, you know, not to mention, of course, for the past, not since uh, Israel occupied the West Bank, but even, you know, since the Nakba, Israel has been systemically, has been systemically, ethnically cleansing Palestinians. Right. So we're not even talking about all these Palestinians they ha who have... Uh, a, a right to return to their towns and villages. That's another six million. So we're talking about just the ones who are there. Are there. Physically. You know, this brings it back, Jamal, full circle to John Bolton, because John Bolton has a plan for Palestine. He does. John, it's called the three states plan. By uh, the way. Yeah. And John Bolton's idea is Palestinians living in Gaza would be part of Egypt. Palestinians living in the West Bank would be transferred to Jordan. And therefore, problem solved. Ethnically cleanse Palestinians somewhere else. And we have no more problems in the Middle East. This is somebody who is advocating not just ethnic transfer, Jamal, but another version of ethnic cleansing who's going to be the national security advisor. And people need to understand he has written, he has lectured, and he has you know, promoted the idea of ethnic uh, transfer of large numbers of Palestinians out of Palestine. Unbelievable. And it's just part of this whole story. It is. About That's the why we're talking. Everything is connected to what's going on in the White House. And we Jamal, the white and the blue house, and please. Well, that's according to I, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, support this idea. <laughs> this is Sheldon Adelson's newspaper idea, Israel Hayom. This is how they describe the White House. They describe it as the white and blue house. I want to go back a little bit sure. because we have a few minutes left to talk about uh, uh, Cambridge Analytica and, 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 and uh, oh Facebook, you know, and the whistleblower claims uh, basically Israeli, the Israeli firm, by the way, it's called Black Cube. That's the name of the it's Mossad, a Mossad, Mossad organization, organization right. which was uh, basically hired uh, by Cambridge Analytica. And I want to ask you questions. What's the connection between there is a common denominator between Black Cube and what's been going on with Facebook, the U.S. elections? And Harvey Weinstein. That's exactly the, it. The sex predator, if right. in case people for, had forgotten about him. The sex predator, right. Harvey Weinstein. What's the connection? What's the common denominator? The use of the Mossad. Black Cube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Black Cube. Yeah. So Black Cube. Right. Because, you know, you got to keep connecting the dots. This is what the mainstream media doesn't Th tell you. 
black cube, which was implicated in the Harvey Weinstein scandal. That's right. He hired Black U basically to spy on his accusers and intimidate them. Intimidate them, develop profiles, and also put out false information about yeah. them. Yeah, so, so, so Harvey Weinstein, who, this is before the story broke and, and he is now on the run, really. He's been, he's been selling his property. He recently sold uh, his house in, I think, Long Island, New York. Right. For millions of dollars, is trying to liquidate because they're, they're, you know, they're, they are, there are lawsuits. Before the judgment comes, he wants to liquidate. And I, if I were going to predict something, he'll, he'll, he'll move into Tel Aviv or, That's what I was or, say. or Herzilia. He'll go to Tel Aviv. Yeah, I think so. Right. Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, when he started, you know, getting sued, he hires Black Cube. Mossad agents. That's right. He doesn't hire. P, you know, uh, private, in, <laughs> private investigators. He doesn't go to the FBI. He doesn't hire American private investigators. He goes out of his way, all the way to Israel, and calls on former Mossad, supposedly former. We don't know the word former. I cannot. I, I cannot, don't think you're ever a you know, former yeah. Mossad. So he brings them here, and they start spying on his accuser, the, uh, accusers, those innocent women who he exploited. Many of them are basically actors. And he start, they start intimidating them, tapping their phone line, their, 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 their uh, Facebook, social media. Their Facebook pages. Uh, inventing stories about them. Posting, posting bad uh, stories about them, bad information about them. They, know, they basically hired to hack their personal data. Exactly. And, and surveil them. Exactly. And so this is the connection. This is also another connection. And this is... The same outfit used by Cambridge Analytica. They hire the same people to intimidate, to basically not just to intimidate, but also to steal all the information from Facebook. That's and right. supposedly Facebook didn't know about it. Well, this gets back to my whole thing, Jamal, about the uh, fronting and the gaslighting of uh, Mark Zuckerberg saying, oh, we, I, we don't know what really goes on in Facebook. This is really... Other people abusing Facebook. The real story here, Jamal, has been Facebook has been serving these interests, these really horrible interests that are destabilizing large parts of the world. Facebook is behind. We're going to find out more and more the 2016 election, not just in conjunction with Cambridge Analytica, but also, as it turns out, was deeply influential with manipulating the vote in the UK around the Brexit. That was also another big play that Cambridge Analytica, Black Cube, the Mossad, was act Facebook was actively involved in tilting the scales on the Brexit vote uh, for the UK, which basically had very similar dynamics to the 2016 uh, election here in the United States. This and is just the tip of the iceberg. It is the tip of the iceberg. It extends uh, also all the way to Africa, you know. You know, uh, also in Nigerian elections. elections. Same uh, thing. So they are an international saboteur. This this Black Cube, this Cambridge Analytica, they're international saboteurs used right here in this country, used by Facebook, used by Harvey Weinstein. And, uh, and, I, and, and I tell you, this is only the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. I wouldn't say used by Facebook. I will say 
in collaboration with Facebook. I'm going to say it even more directly, that this was active collaboration with Facebook. There's, what did Facebook seek to gain from this? Money. What did uh, Black Cube and Cambridge Analytica get out of this? Money. So we're, we're going to continue to follow the story. Follow the story. Connect the dots. Follow the money. Connect the Israeli Mossad Black Cube with Hollywood, Harvey Weinstein using them. Connect that to Facebook. Connect and back to the to, U.S. elections. And connect it to John Bolton. And connect it to John Bolton. Because John Bolton's in there too. Now. People may be listening to us, Jamal, and saying, oh, here, Arab talk goes again, conspiracy theories, this and that. That's the typical Israeli response, Jamal, when these things are exposed. When the Mossad, when the Israeli interests, when Israeli interests are involved in subverting American interests, and we articulate that, we describe it, we show it, it's called... A conspiracy. Somehow it's a conspiracy theory. But this is based on very carefully done reporting. And as you pointed out earlier, where is this reporting coming from? Half of this reporting are from Israeli newspapers. Half of, half of this reporting is being done by Israeli papers. When we talk about John Bolton, we're not inventing things. No, it's coming when from... When you have the former Israeli ambassador to the United States telling you, hey, by the way, this guy John Bolton <laughs> called me <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning telling me to watch out for Condoleezza Rice. I wonder what Condoleezza he is, Rice... He was leaking information, top secret information about his boss, about the Secretary of State. They threw her under the bus. He threw her under the bus. I don't care about if he threw her under the bus. He threw the entire United States government under, under the, the bus. bus. He threw our national interest under the bus. That's and it. now he's going to be national security advisor. Well, let's see what happens. The only thing that can get in the way of this, Jamal, two things. Public pressure being put on congressmen and senators to really put uh, the screws to John Bolton. But ultimately, it's going to come down to the FBI who has to be in a position of honestly looking at this kind of background and saying there's no way we can give a top security clearance to someone who has acted in this treasonous, treacherous way against the U.S. interests. Hey, thanks for listening to us today. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Arab Talk. You can go to our website, ArabTalkRadio.com. You can go to Facebook Live, Jamal, right? Jamal Dejani 2, Arab Talk. And there's a lot of ways. But if you have a question for us, it's ArabTalk at KPOO.com. And most importantly for those, for our listeners in San Francisco and the Bay Area. Listen to us live. Right here on KPOO 89.5 FM. We'll see you next week. See you next week.